God is bigger than things that I like. What about, um, I'm going to talk to you for a moment about keeping secrets. You know, this, who knows how, how long that's been manufactured or getting made in, in the world. About 135 years people have been making this. And every day, about two, this sounds incredible, doesn't it? Every day, almost two billion bottles or cans, that's unbelievable, isn't it? When you think about it, every day, that means some people are consuming a lot more than one of these a day. Two, two billion a day, almost, of these are consumed around the world. It's made in hundreds of different factories all around the world. But the syrup, the base of this, is only made in one place in America, one city in America. I won't tell you where it is. You can look it up if you really want to know. But one place. And the patent of the recipe, the formula for this, is not registered with the patent's office. It's not. Because they don't want anybody to know what the formula is. Anyone. It's not registered. It's been kept a secret for all those years. Just excuse me for a moment. But you know what? It's not the best kept secret. I want to talk to you this morning about the best kept secret in the world. Because this is something that God has. A secret that God kept secret. Let's read this. Just think. This is the Apostle Paul speaking in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Just think. Though I did nothing to deserve it. He's talking about himself here. And though I'm the least deserving Christian there is, I was chosen. Just mark that word chosen. I was chosen for this special joy of telling the Gentiles, that means all the non-Jewish world, about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. You know, God didn't even tell his closest friends like Abraham and Moses and David. He kept this under wraps for a long time. And only a mere 2,000 years ago, it got revealed through the Apostle Paul. He's about to tell us what it is. He's about to tell us. This is the world's best kept secret. What is the secret? The secret is that God loves everyone. That God loves you and me. He doesn't just love his special people. He doesn't just love people with the right kind of surname. He doesn't just love people that have got the right shaped nose. He doesn't just love people with the right kind of background or the right kind of bank balance. He loves everyone. What it does mean is that means that every good thing that God has planned is for you today. It's really important that we get this. Every good thing he's got planned is for you. It also means today that God loves the people that you don't like. <laughs> I'm sorry to have to tell you that. No, I'm not really. Because that's the way it is. God loves people everywhere. Now, I want to tell you this morning that God had to shake me to get this into my head. 
because I grew up in a Christian home and I didn't really get this until I was till not that long ago. I began to understand this and God really took me by the shoulders, let's say, make it nice, shoulders and shook me and said, this is the truth. God loves not just Christians, he loves all people. You know, because the Bible says God loved the world, the world system, not just the church, the world system. So much that he gave his only son in the ultimate sacrifice that we heard about earlier this morning. He loves people who are today, right now, out there at the Anzac Parade, and God bless them. That's amazing. He loves people today that are out playing golf. He loves people that are watching movies right now. He loves people that are out doing their own thing. He loves people that, have, that would be considered to be a long way away from God. They're probably not really that far, but some might think of them as a long way from God. He loves all people. He loves those people today. Let's um, have a look at this next verse from Ephesians chapter, verse 10. Because he, God has been progressively unfolding and revealing this. Uh, and the real secret is this. He's going to use the church to make this all happen that he will bring all people together. Let's read it. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And they will see this when the Jews and the Gentiles, that means everybody, are joined together in his church. So God is going to use the church for his special purpose of bringing people together, even in spite of their radical differences that's what he's going to do and that's an amazing thing it's an incredible thing this this verse also shows us that there's great variety and diversity in the church and we should celebrate that because i want to tell you that god celebrates that today it's why there's so much diversity and, and difference around the place you know that word uh, in its rich variety that means it's, it can be translated like a multicolored or variegated thing it's that word gets used for paintings or uh, materials or cloth that is dyed with all kinds of different colors and so what it's really saying is that uh, the church of Jesus today has got a wide range of different colors and ideas and and I, I just think that's a great thing it made me think of um, that song from the 70s which goes like this um, I'm not going to sing it but it goes you know it takes <laughs> you know, it takes, it takes every kind of people to make what life's about. Does anyone know that song? Every kind of people make what life's about. And then you know what? It takes... <laughs> you guys have heard that song, haven't you? You, know, you haven't? Who knows that song? <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing it. Okay. It takes, it takes every kind of people to make what life's about and to make the world go around. And you know what? It takes every kind of church to reach those people. That's why there are so many different kinds of churches out there. And God loves that. He celebrates that. And we should celebrate it too. So let's not, let's not look at something that's different, radically different to us and criticize. I, don't, I can't understand that. It's human nature, isn't it, to criticize what we don't understand. But let's understand that God is doing that. God is doing something amazing in our world today. And what's happened down through the centuries as people were getting revelation from God about um, God was restoring to the church everything that had been lost during the dark ages and he was uh, 
layer by layer, progressively revealing more of his truth to the, to the world and to the church. Um, that's what was happening because God was always doing something more. He is always doing something more. There's always something new in God that he's doing and in us today. And so we need also to appreciate that and love that. So God is bigger than my prejudice, bigger than my ideas, bigger than what I think about life and about, and about God. But secondly, he's also bigger than the things that I lack. He's bigger than what I need. He's bigger than my struggles and my problems. And I want to share with you a bit more as we go on in Ephesians chapter 3 today. Verse 14, it says this. This is a Paul, Paul the Apostle again. He's talking about how he's praying for the church at Ephesus. He says, when I think of all this, what God is doing, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father as the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, I love this verse because it's showing that God, that church and coming together as Christian believers is not just about a religious exercise or just something we do every Sunday. It's actually about being filled with God's power. And I want you to know, he wants to fill you with his power today. If you're watching online, he wants to fill you with his power today. Paul is praying to this church in Ephesus that they would be filled with God's power. He wants to fill you for three different, for a number of things, but I'm going to mention three this morning, three things that I think God wants to fill you with his power for. The first one is to overcome the works of the enemy in your life. Now, you know, when I talk about enemy, I, I could, we could say enemies. We all have, oh, maybe you don't have any enemies. Maybe you're that kind of such peace-loving person. You don't have any. But I want to tell you, your enemies are not people. Your enemy is the devil. In fact, later on in this book, as we go through, we'll talk more about this. But your enemies are not people, but as the Bible says, principalities and powers and the works of darkness that are trying to rob you of everything God has for you. Every good thing God has for you. That's your enemy. And I believe that God wants to give you the authority and the power to overcome that in your life and to help other people overcome that in their life as well. You know, before Jesus began, actually before he began his ministry, he defeated the devil in hand-to-hand combat. He was tempted by the... It wasn't a physical punch-up, okay? I'm not talking about that. Because it was, it, was, uh, it, it was a battle of wits. It was a test of Jesus' loyalty it was a test of, of who he was. And he overcame the devil comprehensively when he was tempted and tested three times by the devil. I want you to know this morning, friends, that the devil is smart. He is smart. And we need to respect him. Not honor, but respect him because he is clever. You know, Jesus stood on solid ground. The word of God was his absolute foundation and he overcame the devil he defeated satan in those three tests the devil doesn't have real power but what happens is that he assumes power and he takes power from people who believe his lies if you believe what the devil tells you when he sits on your shoulder and says you're not worthy or look at you who do you think you are or 
you know, you don't deserve God's love, or you don't deserve to be called a Christian, or you, know, you don't deserve to be blessed in your life. When he tells you those kind of things, he's lying to you. And when you, if you believe that stuff, he will have power over your life because he will use that to bring condemnation and further accusation and get you further down into a hole into the ground. Ask me how I know this. He'll get you, drag you down if you believe any of that stuff. The wonderful thing is Jesus overcame the devil. And it's why he could say later on when he was with his disciples and with the crowds all around, Jesus was casting out some demons. He was setting people free from the influence of evil powers that were controlling people. And he was teaching on this subject. And he said this in Luke chapter 11. He said, when a strong man with many weapons guards... His... Now, he's talking about the devil or demon, evil spirits. A strong man with many weapons guards his palace. That means the people that he's controlling. His possessions are safe, so he thinks. But when one stronger than he, who is Jesus, comes to attack and overpower him, the stronger one will empty the arsenal in which he trusted and the conqueror will ransack his kingdom and distribute all the spoils of victory. Now this is a little teaching about setting people free from demonic bondages. And if you read that chapter in Luke 11, the whole context is about setting people free from demon powers, powers of the enemy. And I love this because it says, when a stronger than he comes to attack and overpower him, and friend, you have the power of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus in your heart. You are stronger than he. Now, we're going to talk more about this. Um, there's more, a bit more involved. But a stronger, when a stronger than he comes upon him, he takes from him his armor in which he trusted and he just distributes all the spoils. I think that's what God wants you and I to do, to have that level of authority to set people free from the enemy. Now, I want to say here that... The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. The Bible tells us. That's, the, that's what the devil's plan is, to steal from people, to rob and destroy your life. John 10, 10 tells us that. But it also says that we have authority over the works of the enemy. I believe in that concept that our job is to plunder hell and populate heaven. I really believe in that. And so I want us to take hold of that little concept because that's what we should be doing, plundering hell and populating heaven. A bit of that was going on this morning, Phil, early today. I think there was a bit of that happening this morning here before church. And God is doing something in the, in the hearts and lives of people. A greater than he, who is Jesus, is here today with us this morning. I love that. You know, you don't need to be afraid of the devil. You don't need to... If you've seen movies... There are movies which talk about exorcism, you know, casting out evil spirits. And I, I've never actually watched any of those movies, but I'm sure that they're designed to strike terror in people's hearts. But I would say to you, don't look at that. Look at what God says. Some of those things, I've never seen it, as I said, so I don't know what's in there. But uh, this is a real thing. We're talking about a real, a very real thing the, the uh, spiritual forces that are in the world today. But you don't need to be afraid of the enemy at all if you've got Jesus in your life. And I want to say, um, here's another secret that I'm going to tell you about this morning. And that is, 
This series of messages is called Sit, Walk, Stand. I haven't told you that up till now. Uh, we're on the fourth message today, but it's called Sit, Walk, Stand. Because the book of Ephesians is all about three things. It's about being seated with Christ in heavenly places, our position, who we are. Then it talks, the next part talks about walking with Jesus, about our daily living, how we go about living in our daily life. And then when it gets to the end, it's about standing against the enemy. And when you get that right in that order, you understand that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that you understand what it means to walk with him every day, you're going to be able to stand against the enemy. So, when we get to um, some later sections, starting next week, we're going to be able to continue more about this. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he. You have the greater one living in you right now. Okay, second thing that God wants to empower us is so that we can be filled with himself. He wants us to be filled with himself. It's not just about overcoming the enemy. It's actually about experiencing all of God, all that he's got for you. Let's think, look about this Ephesians 3, 19. It says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never understand it fully. Then you'll be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What does that look like? What does it look like to be filled with the life and power of God? I just want, well, I think, I think what it looks like is that every day I live with the knowledge, that, the knowledge that God is with me every day. Jesus is with me. That no problem is too great for him. No problem is too great for him to solve. That I have an eternal destiny in, in God. And that he will provide, he will meet every need, every need that I have in Jesus. Maybe not every want, but every need that I have, he will meet that according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, the Bible tells us. So, you know, most of us have no trouble believing that God exists, do we? Like out there somewhere in the cosmos, there is the creator of the world. Most of us have no problem with that. But to believe that he actually lives in me is a much bigger challenge. And I want us to get a hold of that, that he not only lives in us, but his power and his life is in you right now, right now. And Paul is praying that we would be filled with the life and power that comes from God. You know, one of the Apostle Paul, one of his favorite expressions was Christ in me, Jesus in me. You know, he wanted wanted the people to get a hold of that. He means that we can experience everything that is powerful, that is good, that is wonderful about God, we can experience. It's not just that those things were in Jesus, but they were in, they are in you as well, because Christ is in you by his spirit. And Paul's prayer, I want you to be filled with the life and power that comes from God. I I think, you know, in John 10, 10, I mentioned it before, but not only does the thief come to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life in all its fullness. Are you feeling that? I mean, I don't know. Are you feeling his life in you today? It's not just your life. It should be his life, the life of Jesus in us. You know, I think um, in, to, to have that life of, of Jesus in our heart, 
I, I do think we need to go after it. I, I think, you know, we can just say these things and say, you know, click our fingers and say, let it happen. But I think we need actually to go after that a little bit. Because in Luke 11, and uh, I've been reading there this week, you know, there's, there's a number of stories, but it's got this amazing story about a man who goes, in the middle of the night, goes and knocks on his friend's door, his, house, his friend's his mate, and says, look, I've got someone's just dropped in to see me passing through, and I've got no food in the house. I need some, can you lend me some bread? Can you lend me some loaves of bread? And the guy says, no, we're all in bed, you know, the door's locked. Go away, you know, we can't do it. And then it says, if he keeps on knocking... He won't get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, but he will do it because he doesn't want to wake all the neighbors. Or one translation says, he will, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence, it says. So here's the thing. That story is about praying. It's about prayer and fasting and seeking God. And it says after that, it says, Jesus is talking to his followers and he says, I want you to understand that knock and keep on knocking, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, and you will find, you will get the answer that you're looking for from God. And I think we need to talk a bit more about this sort of thing because, you know, God wants to pour everything that he's got into you. One of the challenges is we're not always that ready to receive it, and we don't know how to handle the kind of authority that he wants to pour into our lives. And I think this process of asking, seeking, and knocking is as much as anything about preparing our own hearts to be able to handle what God wants to give us. You know, so um, I believe that God is restoring to the church all of the authority that the early church had. That means they walked every day in, in the miraculous, the supernatural power of God. However, it's not just going to land in your lap. We need to think about asking, seeking, and knocking as well to be able to walk in that level of authority. I just think of um, the first time we went to India on a missions trip. And uh, uh, I know I've shared about this before, but we, uh, we were there in, in vi- visiting villages and, and uh, in the midst of incredible poverty, and what we would see as dysfunction, we would think that dysfunction. But in the midst of all that, the power of God was wonderfully present there and amazing. And I think just about everybody we prayed for got healed of some amazing things. There were miracles happening all around from the team that we had there. Uh, that was the power of God really at work in that. You know, you've seen some of those things, Paul, haven't you, on mission trips and, and even in Australia. And, you know, we... Uh, I believe God wants to bring that back to the church. That's the power of God at work in our lives. So verse 20, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. God can do so much more than we would ever ask him to. We've just got to get used to asking him a bit more and we will see more of that happen. We will see more of his power at work in our lives. Here's the third thing that God wants to do to empower us to do, and that is to fulfill the assignment that God has for you personally in your life. Now, this is not just about what the church is doing, because it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, we're planning, we've got these things planned, Uh, this will be great, you know, will you come and join us in this program or this thing, whatever we're doing? 
It's not about that. What it's about is, what are you called to do? What is your masterpiece mission that God is calling you? And how can we as a church support you in your mission? Because I believe that God wants each one of us to be involved in his kingdom purpose in what he is doing. And Jesus said, greater works than these, than what he was doing. He actually said that we would do greater things than he was doing. He said, because I'm going to my Father. In other words, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon you. And the Holy Spirit is everywhere present. That means we all get to share in that. We all get to take part or to be a part of what he's doing in the world today. He's sending the Holy Spirit upon us. So to fulfill your assignment, you need the Holy Spirit in you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And one of our challenges is um, uh, it's just to believe that God has a plan for us, you know. Um, I, I, I've also mentioned Psalm 139 uh, a lot of times, and it's one of my favorite passages. But, you know, David is writing this, and he's just talking about how God knows everything about his life and how it's impossible to escape. He said, if I, you know, I could, I could go, to the, go to the farthest corners of the world, and I wouldn't be able to escape from you, because right, when, I, when I got there, you'd already be there, because you created this whole place. And he said, you know everything about me. You saw, you saw me before I was born. And he said, you wrote down in verse 16, every day of my life, you wrote down in your book before I had even one of them. You know, God knows. You, you, that's a bit, you, you might say, well, how can that be? That, I can't get my head around. You know what? We don't need to get our head around it because God's understanding, God knows all things. And the past, the, pre, the, past, the present, and the future are all the same to him. In fact, he knows your future. He knows your destiny. And I believe that God sees it in living color, in ultra-high definition. And what happens is we get glimpses of the future. You know, we have little ideas about where God might be leading us, what he might have in store for us in the future, what he might have in store for you in the future. But he already sees it in ultra-high definition. That's a lot of pixels in that. He sees what's coming down the track for you because he already knows. And so that's another reason why we should keep asking, seeking, knocking. But I want to tell you, friends, that to believe that God has a plan for your life, he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Let's read this from Acts chapter 13. This is a great passage and uh, it's very challenging for us. It's talking about the early church in a place called Antioch where the church really got going and it says one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy and fasting the Holy Spirit said appoint okay so they're all gathered around and I don't know how many there were at least a half a dozen maybe a dozen or so leaders they're gathering they were praying and fasting and seeking God what are we going to do what's the next step where's where's the future God what and that's it says as they were praying and fasting the Holy Spirit said okay two of you I'm going to send off separate these two in other words pray for them and appoint them or set them apart for a special use appoint them for the special work to which i've called them so after more fasting and prayer they laid their hands on them and sent them on their way that's the apostle paul paul and barnabas and they went out and they planted heaps of churches and did a whole heap of amazing stuff after that here's the point god knew what was coming and the Holy Spirit said, they're, they're praying about the future. What are we going to do? And he said, okay, these two, 
I want to send them out because I've got a real work. I've got a special work for them to do. It's really important. Here's a bit of just my story. Years ago, um, I, we had a band. Dell and I had a band, a Christian band, for about seven years, and it was a, it was a, it was a, you know, it was pretty good. I think it was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> we we actually made one recording that you can actually. I don't know if you can buy it, but we've got a couple of copies somewhere. Um, it was okay. It was good, and we enjoyed it. But the thing was, and I thought this is this is it. This is this is the future, you know. And uh, but God had other ideas, and and it's funny how He directs you through prophecy, through the prophetic. And so we're in a meeting uh, with a visiting speaker, and this guy prophesies over me, and he says, "I want you to leave yours and join mine." I can still remember it as clear as yesterday, and leave yours and join mine. In other words, God, he was saying, I'm going to redirect you. And it wasn't that long, only about six months before we were completely, our, our future was all turned around and we were redirected. And, and, um, and we, we, were, we had an invitation to go up to far north Queensland and help out with a, planting a new church. And we just knew that was God's plan for us. And as uh, we were going up to help out with the music, right? So, you know, Dell was going to play the keyboard. I was going to... You probably don't even know I can play the guitar. No, no, I used to be able to play the guitar. <laughs> Matthew's got the biggest laugh of all. So, <laughs> um, so we were going to help out with the music. We're about to leave. And there's this other guy who's there, this prophet guy, and he's prophesying over us and he's saying, I'm going to put within you the heart of a shepherd. And, and, uh, and you'll, be, you'll, be, uh, you'll begin to feel the hurts of the sheep. And uh, the amazing thing was it wasn't very long after we got up there that this started to happen. And uh, here's my point, that God was completely redirecting our lives at that time. It's the reason is because he knows the future. He, he wasn't just creating. Of course, he was creating the future, but he was speaking out of the future because he knows the future. And he knows the future for your life. He knows the future for my life. Exactly what's going to happen. Our, our mission, our assignment is to get in line with God's future for us. What he, what he has for the future. Leave yours and join mine. Here's the last scripture this morning. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, God says, faithful, well, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, which is still there today, that city. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, by guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. Whatever he's got planned for you, he will bring it to pass. His calling on your life is real, it's permanent, it's powerful. It's relevant, it's specific, it's unique. I want our creative team to come back right now because uh, we've come to the end of this. But I want to ask you this morning, what is God calling you to? What is the mission that God is calling you to in your life today? What's the one thing? Maybe it's a unique thing that only you can do. What's the one thing that God is calling you to do today that only you can do in your life? Maybe there's obstacles standing in your way. Maybe there's some enemy that needs to be overcome that you need to say, you know, God, give me the authority 
I, I want to have that today. I want to be able to overcome every enemy because I want to move into that calling. I want to move into the specific thing that you have for me today. Maybe you need to be filled with God's power and life today in, in your heart. And I just, I want us to pray. I want us to reach out to God and believe for Him to touch you at a new level this morning. Father, I thank you as we just reach out to you this, in these few moments.